Third Friday of the month, KFCF, and uh, Mr. Robinson is at the microphonium. Hello, Jeff. I just love the fact that you had Glinda the Good Witch on there. At least you know who you you know who that is. I well, know I think is. I think that many many pe- listeners will know who that is. You're listening to 88.1 KFCF. It's a queer thing. It is July 16th, 2021, and uh, lo and behold, I actually have this in focus this year. This is the 31st anniversary, 31 years of It's a Queer Thing on KSCF as of today. Uh, applause here. I'm, I'm getting the applause. We're getting the COVID applause of one. <laughs> so, yeah, this is quite a historic day. And uh, Tiff is not with us. Tiff, Uncle Tiff is out camping. But Tiff did provide some fabulous music for us for the show. As she always does. And one should go camping in July, I think. Especially when it's 100 degrees in the valley. Well, yeah, as long as you're in an area that's safe from wildfire. Yeah. um, Yeah. Camping is, I like camping in the fall. Not so much any other time. I like the beach in the summer. But anyway. There's camp and then there's camping. Well, there's camp, K-A-M-P, which I'm very campy, yes. So you're right about that. All right, so uh, we actually have a guest that's joining us via phone on a specialized project that she worked on for us. Sakuro, are you with us? Uh, yes, I am. Hi, Jeff. Hi, how are you? We're, we're going to be good. talking today about the San Joaquin Valley Pride Declaration that Fresno Rainbow Pride put together with lots of assistance, mainly from Ernesto and Sakuro uh, and their affiliated groups. And it really spans the whole valley of things that happen. We're going to recap. Uh, but before we get into our interview, we're going, to take, we're going to do a musical song. And then we are going to come back with our interview. Dennis, who were we just listening to? We were listening to Joy Oladokun and Maureen Morris, and I do not have the title of the song because it scrolled away. Okay. I'm not as good as Tiff when, when it comes to these titles. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? We are actually, I have posted all of the songs that we'll be playing today. Well, thank you. On uh, It's a Queer Thing Facebook page, so make sure you go there and like. Uh, we do have a guest on the phone with us, Socorro. And uh, she was instrumental with a couple other folks to do some community organizing and networking 
to create this uh, river of rainbow that ran through the San Joaquin Valley this year. I'm just going to read you. I have a beautiful, beautiful PowerPoint and uh, that's been put out. This is radio, so that doesn't work for you guys. But I'm going to read you the opening page for this beautiful uh, presentation that we have. June 2021. The biggest rainbow you could ever imagine united the valley in a historic way this year, bringing joy from Modesto to Delano, LGBTQIA plus advocacy groups, activists and allies joined forces to be recognized, loved and embraced openly by the communities they live in and love. Proclamations, flag raisings, a first for many, not only brightened up the government buildings, businesses, and houses, but the lives of many who otherwise felt like they didn't belong and couldn't be themselves. In an effort to document this year's Pride Month, we have put together a collection of images that include some of the celebrations and courageous efforts that happened in the San Joaquin Central Valley to declare Central Valley Gay Pride and to celebrate. Hey, before we get into the interview, this always happens. We run the the interviews run a little longer. There's some thank you here's that's occur and then put together. They want to make sure that these people get thanked because this was an effort across multiple communities. So in no particular order, and uh, they just wanted to let anyone know they wanted to give a big shout out to Fresno Rainbow Pride, Delano LGBTQ Plus Alliance, Stanislaus County LGBTQ Plus Collaborative, the Source LGBTQ Plus Center, Fresno Stonewall Democrats, Trans Emotion, Fresno EOC LGBTQ Plus Center, the LGBTQ Porterville, Bakersfield LGBTQ Plus, Youth Empowerment Pride Project, the Merced LGBTQ Alliance, Modesto Pride Center, the San Joaquin Pride Center, Planned Parenthood Miramonte, and the many brave and powerful LGBTQ community activists, advocates, organizers and allies in the communities and the elected officials. Socorro, wow. This presentation yes. is amazing. I, I do agree with you, Jeff. A wow is, is a word to describe what happened across the valley this last year. Incredibly beautiful uh, that, you know, people stepped it up and were able to support our LGBTQ community way, way overdue. Um, and I was so, um, you know, really uh, humbled to be able to be part of this and just to be able to experience all the love uh, from the community members and from the elected officials. And, um, you know, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity for, for working with Planned Parenthood Marmonte and allowing us to, to leverage our resources and our capacity to, to support this. And this is what it's all about. It's about allies coming together, uh, coalitions being formed, and bridges being built and extended. And really networking with sometimes organizations, even though we're LGBTQ or LGBTQ plus uh, oriented, we sometimes work in vacuums or like silos. So what Fresno does doesn't necessarily impact Porterville. What Porterville's doing doesn't necessarily impact Modesto. But we wanted to make sure that this was something that went across that. And you guys really did a, something that was a first. Not only were many of these events a first for a community and a people, but 
this was a first of this type of coalition building or community organizing within the LGBT pride movements. Um, yes, most definitely. I agree with you. And I think uh, even more incredible is that, you know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times that we see that there is a lot of movement around celebrating Pride Month in June. And then uh, folks go back into their silos, like you talked about, um, and not much more happens. Um, and that is a problem in itself. And so the, the awesome thing that has happened is by, you know, uh, contacting folks and starting to work with them is, you know, in, in seeing the results that we got this, this last summer and, you know, we're still leading up uh, in many areas into October, is that folks were like, hey, you know what, um, this is really cool. Working together does pay off. And so because of that, we actually are working with folks now to put uh, events one, for example, that is happening August 18th, that we are having representation from across the valley from LGBTQ serving organizations to, um, and, it's, and it's an event to address uh, LGBTQ pride and wellness uh, event where we're going to be talking about what are the resources throughout the valley that folks could connect to and who's providing those. And uh, even more importantly, where are the challenges? Where do we lack uh, services, right, so that uh, we could bring awareness to this and hopefully eventually, you know, throughout these events, get our elected officials to the table and say, hey, these are the challenges, these are the gaps, you know, help us out, whether it's through legislation, whether it's policy, but, you know, it's due time. We, we need to support our LGBTQ communities. And that has been, for me, the, the biggest um, payoff is just being able to connect with all these great folks doing great work and, you know, being able to be at the table with them and, and help out. You know, very much it's almost like the whole reason we celebrate Pride is because of the Stonewall riots. Uh, and those are... Uh, Marches, protests, vigils, celebrations that uh, really commemorate us standing up for our rights and saying we're not going to do this anymore. Those riots really, and if you're a frequent listener to, K, uh, to It's a Queer Thing here at KFCF, you know that I often talk about from those riots in New York City really brought forth community-based organizations and services and groups to administer and to really work towards uh, enlightenment, empowerment, liberation, and also just normal day-to-day services that the LGBTQ community so desperately needed. So in lots of ways, this project where you networked and united a vast, wide part of a central of the San Joaquin Valley, uh, this is going to pay off with this other networking opportunity in August. Uh, yes, so, it definitely is. So when when uh, give me the date again, the times, uh, who can go? Is this by invitation? Is it an open community forum? What's up with this? So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a virtual event uh, via web, and we will be putting more information on it. We're still uh, in, in a lot of the planning process, but the date is August eighteenth, and we're looking at the time from five thirty to six thirty. Uh, we're going to have a panel of uh, diverse uh, serving organizations throughout the Central Valley, all the way from the Modesto region up to Bakersfield. Uh, so we'll have different partners talking about what are the various resources, as well as uh, through our presentation, we will have a list of 
of uh, other partners uh, that are not present in the presentations, but are definitely, you know, we want to acknowledge that they are doing work and in, in are in our available for folks throughout the region. And then we're going to have a second panel. Um, the second panel is going to be uh, representatives, members from our LGBTQ population, because we want them to be able to talk about, you know, their experience, um, you know, in, in our community, their challenges, uh, and, and what it, what type of services are they needing, so that if if that isn't something that's being provided by an organization or, you know, a government agency, uh, we can look at it. So how do we get there? How do we provide that? Um, and so, like I said, you know, this will be one of many opportunities. Uh, when our group got together, I'm sure I'm not having to have to preach to you who, who knows us better than I do. Uh, the, the list of, uh, of, of needs is overwhelming. And so there's no way that we were going to be able to come back or that in one hour. So we decided this would be the first of many events that will continue. And like I said before, with the hope that the, uh, you know, the end result is that we are able to eventually come together with our elected officials and educate them and then uh, sit at the table with them and, and discuss what are opportunities uh, to address these challenges. Um, so more information is going to be open to the public, you know, as we were trying to decide, well, who do we target? And my thing is everybody needs to know about these resources, right? Because you don't have to be part of the LGBTQ community in a sense that you identify as gay or queer or, or lesbian because, say, for example, myself, I want to know this information because I'm the mother of a young person who identifies as, as a lesbian, Right. And, you know, others may have neighbors, friends, family. So even if they don't themselves identify, they may work with this population. And so I think it's important information for everybody. So when we send it out there, we're going to be sending it out through social media outlets. We're going to be posting it in, you know, in Facebook and be inviting organizations, uh, you know, throughout the valley. Everybody is welcome to participate and, and join us. You're, you're, you're 100% right on that, Socorro, in that... Um our allies, our families, our friends are the folks that ha- are sometimes some of the biggest help to an LGBTQ person that is struggling to find themselves, is in need of finding connection to a community or to services. It's, it's our family and our friends that help us more than anything else. So part of that is you also hit on the thing. We overflow with need. The need is overflowing. And the resources and availability to get those needs met are extremely limited. So increasing the resources available to all of the LGBTQ plus community is so important. Yes, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, I've I, I seen a posting uh, today by uh, the, the source, which is an LGBTQ center in Visalia which uh, indicated that 25% of our youth now identify as non-binary. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, non-binary. And yesterday was non-binary day. Mm -hmm. And you see that, and it's like, how is it that we are not, you know, already providing more information and resources? Uh, I I am very proud to say that we have Fresno Unified uh, uh, School staff members as part of this collaborative that has been meeting because, you know, they're, t- they're going to have the opportunity to talk about what they're doing uh, in, within the school district and the services that they're providing. And I'm hoping that uh, folks 
across the region listen to this because too many of our other school districts do not provide enough. And so I'm really proud of Fresno and looking forward to being able to highlight what they're doing so other, other school districts can see that this is, this, this is not an option. If, you know, if you're really going to support your students, you need to be providing these resources and information for them um, you know, in order to make sure that they're thriving just like the rest of our students. Right. And, you know, about, well, the last time we actually had a physical parade was, was, our, was three years ago. And uh, Fresno Unified was a grand marshal. Because of mm-hmm. the work that their superintendent had done and their employees had done to really create a safe learning environment for LGBTQ folks and really representing that. So we really, we honored all of Fresno Unified in those efforts for what they were doing. Yes. So you've also put in this presentation that, you know, a lot of people don't know this. June is traditionally LGBTQ Pride Month across the world. So mm-hmm. London, uh, New York, Tokyo, Israel, California, Nevada, wherever they're at, there are pride celebrations throughout June because they mark the Stonewall Riots, which happened at the end of June. Uh, But what folks don't probably realize is that in many places, California probably has the most pride celebrations of any state in the United States of America, in that we are so large with such a large population, it is not possible for all of us to get together in one place to celebrate pride, and mm-hmm. everybody has has kind of carved out times for them. So if you think about, they're usually held on weekends, there's only about four weekends in sometimes a fifth weekend in June. And so Mm -hmm. uh, all these other places do this throughout the years. Some places do it because of the heat. Now, we think Fresno is hot. Try Palm Springs in the summer. (laughs) So they have theirs in in the fall. Bakersfield has theirs in the fall. Stanislaus or uh, Modesto Stanislaus has theirs up in the fall. So does... um, uh, Stockton, many places mm-hmm. hold their events in different parts of the year. So there's really, like you said, pride celebrations happening all around the world at any given time. So it's very important that people who want to do, maybe you couldn't get to a pride where you were at or close to you, but you're, you have family or you were raised in another area, go up and join Modesto. Go up and join Stockton. Go down to Bakersfield. You know, go to some of these different places that have their prides on different days and different parts of the year. So I yeah, wanted to... I wanted to. I uh, you're definitely right on that. <laughs> uh, I think what we'll do right now is let's take a little bit of a musical break. I'll introduce. I'll do station identification. We'll do a musical break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to start looking through all these places because I'm going to think that our listeners are going to be blown away by these cities, these municipalities that declared June Gay Pride Month with proclamations, flag raisings, and celebrations. They're going to be like, what? It happened there? There's no Uh way. So we're going to go back to that. But you're listening to 88.1 KSCF. It's a Queer Thing with your host, Jeffrey Robinson. And on my control board is Uncle Dennis. And we're going to be playing some music stuff. On the phone with us is Sakuro, who is with Planned Parenthood and worked on this really great presentation of the San Joaquin Valley Pride Declaration for 2021. It was a first. We're going to take a musical break and we're going to come back more with our interview. 
Nothing like Claude Singer, song writer uh, from Brooklyn. Um, Mr. Robinson, this is Uncle Dennis here up in the up in the booth. Ha- have you? Did I hear correctly? You have really been on the air here at KFCF with a queer thing for as many years that Baskin Robbins has flavors. It is, and I, I, wa- I want to give everybody correct information. Uh, there were there were two original hosts, Liz Maines and Tom Brandenberry, that uh, really worked with Rich and the station on getting this going. And uh, I was just a temporary fill and occasionally come in, add a little commentary flavor or sub in for one of those in the very you, beginning. You were never just temporary. No. Well, <laughs> don't invite me in because I'm the guest that will never leave. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Well, 30, uh, congratulations on 31. I'm going to call the, the, the people at, at Baskin Robbins. Maybe they can get a flavor oh. in honor of the show. Maybe like third Friday Frappuccino. I think it should be... Non-binary vanilla bean. There's got to be something yeah, I, they can come I think with. it needs to be the LGBTQ rainbow ice cream with fruit and nuts. Fried pistachio. It needs to have fruit know. and nuts. Yeah. It should have mixed nuts and mixed fruit. It should be rainbow cut striped, like Neapolitan ice cream. That should be there right now. Well, maybe if we don't do with Baskin, we'll do with one of the others. Okay. So, welcome back to 88.1 KSCF with your host, Jeffrey Robinson. It's a queer thing. Uh, I was just chatting with Uncle Dennis about our 31-year anniversary here at the radio. And uh, on the ra- on the phone, we have Sakuro, who has been involved with Fresno Rainbow Pride in working on a very specialized project. It was called the San Joaquin Valley Pride Declaration for 2021. And it really was networking, community organizing, bridge building, and linkage from Stockton, Modesto, all the way down to Bakersfield. And we've been talking a little about that. We're going to get into uh, some of the amazing things that I think our listeners would really be interested in knowing. So, Sakura, I'm just going to start this off. Who in the world would have thought that Delano would have raised the gay pride flag at City Hall on June 12th? Uh, You know what? Uh, I would say normally that would have been a huge, uh, a huge shock shock to me but honestly with mayor uh brian osorio right now uh in his leadership i think all is possible and he did make it happen in delano and i know that dolores huerta is a huge supporter of lgbtq rights and so was cesar chavez Mm -hmm. and the united farm workers and get me tell me if i'm wrong but that is the birthplace or the home of the united farm workers is it not yes it is so it's just, but you don't think of this. I mean, I think of Fresno. We're the fifth largest city in the state of California. So, you know, we're kind of this cosmopolitan, metropolitan area type area. But I've always felt like uh, places like Fresno, Modesto, Bakersfield, Merced, Tler- uh, Visalia, we're, we're kind of like the front lines of battling for equality. We're on the front line of the war. I think of places like L.A., San Francisco, Palm Springs, San Diego, they they are in safe territory. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking Delano, Porterville, Tarabella, Dos Palos, all those places, oftentimes I think, wow, when they do stuff, they're behind enemy lines. They're in the thick of the hostility. Mm-hmm. And so these type of things, Delano doing this, and officially 
So the progressive leadership that has come out really up and down the valley is just amazing. You know, I, I'd like yeah. to throw into that. You did some work on here, and I'm not seeing it necessarily in the presentation, but our our sister city to the north, Madeira, did a proclamation. Oh, my, that's actually my city, which I was going to jump in and say, yes, I want to give Mayor uh, you know Santos Garcia props uh, because um, I remember sending him the request, and I'm not lying here, Jeff. Within uh, minutes, he replied, and he was on it. And no questions. He was like, yes, yes, we will do this. Let's connect. Let's, let's get it done. So, uh, yes, Madeira, I am very proud. Um, and, and, you know, the nice thing that, that came about uh, the mayor supporting this proclamation and putting it out there is that a couple of days later I got a call from, from uh, uh, City Hall, and what they were asking is um, we're getting calls from folks wanting to know uh, where people can get support. And the only, uh, you know, support that I was able to talk about was Rainbow Pride and Planned Parenthood that mm -hmm. are actually, you know, in Planned Parenthood, we have a health center in Madeira, but with Rainbow Pride, Fresno Rainbow Pride, you know, uh, if it wasn't for you folks stepping into Madeira and providing support, there would be nothing else. So with that said... It, it does lay down the platform for us to start having conversation in Madeira as, you know, why is that? Why isn't that we do not have resources in Madeira for our LGBTQ population? And let's get, uh, let's get started. It's a great time to lay a foundation in, in Madeira. It really is. You know, one of the other things that, uh, for me, I, I'm friends with the folks down in Porterville. I lived in Porterville as a kid, basically a year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I know Porterville. Porterville is really conservative. Uh, I know that a few years back, the mayor tried to do a proclamation. They ended up removing her because of it. Mm -hmm. On June 5th of this year, Porterville signed a proclamation. And uh, it's just amazing the movement in the course of five to six years of where we're mm -hmm. at. So Porterville, the LGBTQ Porterville did a prize cruise. Uh, they had a, they uh, did their flag. They got a proclamation. That just shows the work that uh, Brock Neely and those folks down in Porterville really are doing to continue mm -hmm. that growth. Yeah, you know, and, and I'll tell you, Jeff. Uh, you know, as you mentioned before. I worked with organizations from, you know, Modesto all the way to Bakersfield with, uh, you know, with some, um, you know, right there hand in hand, you know, uh, we were able to, to make the request and, and, and get the proclamations. And others, I sincerely had to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm here to help you, but it's not about Planned Parenthood. So I can do all the legwork. I can write up the proclamation. But if it's an issue for me to be in the room receiving that with you, then we will step back because the important thing is that our, you know, our LGBTQ uh, folks get this recognition, not Planned Parenthood, but for, for, for that opportunity, right? And so there are cities where we were instrumental in, in, in making the request, putting the request together for, for folks, but you would never know it because in those places it was identified that it was better that we step back and forward. And we respected that because... You know, like I said, this is not about Planned Parenthood. This, you know, Planned Parenthood uh, serves the LGBTQ community. Uh, we have gender-affirming care throughout our region that we offer. 
And even before our gender-affirming care, we were always a very trusted uh, health provider by the LGBTQ community because they felt welcome and appreciated and included at our health uh, centers. And so to us to be able to to do this, um, it was huge. Not only that, because that, you know, our own staff members belong to, are part of this community, you know, our, our family members. Um, so it's not like we're, we're separate. It's, it's family, you know, uh, however you see it. And so for us to be, be able to do this uh, this last year and, you know, um, years to come, um, it, it was a, a pleasure and it felt really, really great. You know, and I want to say for me, going to a few of these events and being a part of those was uplifting and amazing. Now, I don't, I'm don't. i not from the, some of these smaller cities and don't maybe have a connection or don't have a lot of friends that, you know, we would go visit there, but uh, it was just uplifting. And one of the uplifting was, in addition to Madeira, which is just a couple minutes away from Fresno, but was Kingsburg. You know, originally, uh, City Councilwoman Jewel Hurtado had put forth a proclamation to declare June Gay Pride Month. She couldn't get a second. The Proud Boys showed up there in force at the city council meeting. It was just an ugly uh, verbal brawl over that. Uh, I just can't imagine being a 22-year-old woman and not having any support from my colleagues and have to deal with such hatred. But on June 26th, she put together the Kingsburg Pride celebration in their beautiful coffee pot park. And I went to that to support her um, and her efforts. And I'm just going to tell you, it was hotter than hot, but it was a beautiful day. <laughs> it was in the park. The, the enthusiasm, the crowd was great. Dolores Huerta, once again, was there and spoke. She was the celebrity of everything. There were... Uh, there were elected politicians that were there from different areas. It was just an, an amazing event. Uh, I would go back again and again to the Kingsburg Pride Celebration, and I just thought, this is what it's all about. Yeah, I think it, I think it, it was a, a, a great celebration, and I hope that you know other city council members uh, seen that that event and seen what a huge support. Uh, she got and how her request was not at all anything out of the ordinary or that, you know, should, or for her to have been treated the way she was for making that request. And that, as you know, we look at future years that uh, this no longer is such a big deal and that other uh, council members be brave enough to support such a request, uh, you know, because the fact is, is that, you know, we have LGBTQ folks in the community period. And I know that I participated, uh, you know, with the, the city council meeting with Kingsburg when the request was being made. And, you know, you heard the voices from Kingsburg. You heard people talking about how, you know, they they are part of this, uh, you know, community or they, they identify as gay but would never in their life come out to family and friends or their church folks at fear of retaliation or being treated, uh, you know, bad. And, and, you know, and to know that you have community members within your community that are having to have to live a lie in order to feel safe, you know, as an elected official, you need to take a stand and make sure that you're protecting and representing all your constituents, right. not just the ones that are, you know, that feel like they have a right to, to express whatever feelings they have. 
You know, that's this is something when I go out and I do uh, LGBTQ sensitivity trainings and stuff, and I said, you know, the vast majority of our community at one point in their life have, have had a fear of A-R-E. And that's really, you know, you can say of who they are, A-R-E. But it's about the fear of being abandoned by their family members, rejected by their friends, and excluded from organizations like their churches, schools, the Boy Scouts, and those type of things. You know, and just seeing, and they had a lot of youth-oriented voices that were there speaking up in Kingsburg. And I just thought this is one of the most empowering events I've gone to in a long time. And it was their very first one. It was fantastic. I just want to say there's some other stuff. We're going to highlight some of the others because I want to talk about the efforts that we put into stuff uh, on getting this. The city of Tulare gave a proclamation on June 1st for Gay Pride. Selma did a proclamation as well on the 21st, but they also hung rainbow flags in their downtown business district. And I know that this was a mother-son project that happened in Selma in that uh, a a young man who was born and raised in Selma, whose parents still live in Selma, has gone off to New York to go to school, to go to college. And he and his mom worked on them getting those flags up. And I know many people in this community that uh, donated money to purchase those flags. So Selma, California. Uh, right next door to Tulare is Visalia. They did their Pride Inside uh, on May 29th. But they're also going to be having an event in October 25th. Okay. They're going to have one of their Pride events. They're, they've pushed it out a little bit, so they'll have two. Uh, We won't talk about Fresno right now. There's quite a bit on Fresno here. But um, we talked about the Madera Proclamation already. Let's talk about its sister city up a little bit more north, Merced. Rose raised that flag in their uh, in their center that they have up there. The the progressive pride flag Mm -hmm. and uh, did other things. I know that they have like a. Uh, they have a university up there, so there's lots of queer youth that are up there mm-hmm. and allies to the queer youth. And I know that they are really working on trying to establish some ongoing services. Do you have any word on that? Most definitely. We actually, Planned Parenthood has a Gen Action Club on uh, club on the UC Merced campus that we work with. And LGBTQ uh, issues have been on the top of the line with them. Uh, many of them identifying as part of that community, and you know, always, uh, you know, unfortunately, always, uh, you know, having challenges in assuring that the the their their uh, youth on campus have access to the resources that they are necessary. You know, there's still some work that needs to be happening in Merced, but definitely, you know, we've had some elected officials there that, you know, are moving things forward and, and, and are being very supportive. And, you know, our hope is that we are able to extend that, uh, you know, among more of the elected officials. Uh, so still a lot of work to do, but, yes, very proud of Merced uh, as well. Um, you know, they are participating in this event that we're doing in August, and, you know, in, in our efforts to try to get more going in these communities, uh, you know, especially when, with, with a city like Merced where the, the UC is a hub for young folks. Uh, we want to make sure that they have all the resources and opportunities that they need. Uh, that, that university is a university that is filled with a large population of young people who are coming from other cities and making this their home. 
And so, you know, they're new to the area. And, and you know, a, a, quite a few of them come from bigger cities where they were used to having a support uh, a network uh, for the LGBTQ. And now, you know, struggling a little bit because they're in a new city and uh, it doesn't have as many resources. Um, but we will continue to work with them uh, to advocate, uh, you know, um, to bring these resources and awareness to the community. Yeah, so in Merced, they raised the progressive rainbow pride flag. Uh, from June 1st, it flew all the way through June 30th at the Bob Hart Square. What a visual symbol of pride and hope. Uh, and then just a little bit further north is Modesto, and they did their proclamation. Their event's going to be happening in October. Do you know the date of Oct- when the pride event in o- Modesto will be? Uh, you know what, Jeff? I don't know it off the top of my that- head. And I- but it's going to be in the fall. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, what uh, I have been focusing in on uh, is that in August, uh, it seems that the Pride Boys will be having, again, a straight uh, alliance uh, protest. Uh, one of their, their so, straight prides. Yeah, uh, and so the, the focus right now is uh, organizing folks to, to be able to counter-protest that. Uh, last year, when they tried to organize, uh, it was... Uh, you know, amazing how the community came together and and really, you know, they they weren't really given the opportunity to do so. And even when they did uh, come together, um, I remember looking and I was like, it was crazy. You're talking, you had maybe like 20 of the Proud Boys uh, protesting while you had like over 100 community members there counter-protesting that you couldn't even hear the, the Proud Boys. But, um, Modesto is a community that I am so proud of because those folks really know how to organize and come together as a community, and they have made it loud and clear to to folks like the Proud Boys that Modesto is not going to have it and that they will protect uh, their LGBTQ community, so for them not to even try coming in and harming anybody, uh, they, 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 are, they, they are amazing, but... Um, most definitely, I will get that information for you. Um, so many partners, so many great things going on that um, the numbers are always in the head, but I got to I gotta look them up. <laughs> you know what? I, if I don't have a Rolodex or something, a Post-it note or something to let me know, I don't remember this. But, you know, that's the other thing uh, in this Pride Declaration stuff. We also have that Stanislaus County, which is where Modesto sits in, uh, gave a pride proclamation for the whole county as well. So it wasn't just the city of Modesto; it was the county of Stanislaus. Mm-hmm. Now these are the. There's two here that I was like, I am like more than Delano. Patterson. Patterson did a pride docla- declaration, a mm-hmm. proclamation. I'm just like shocked about that. And Waterford. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the beautiful thing is, uh, if you look across the region, Jeff, uh, we are electing very progressive uh, elected officials, even in our smallest communities. Um, you know, what I've seen that is beautiful is that you have these small communities and you have members who go away, uh, you know, to college who have traditionally have stayed away, right? But a lot of them are recognizing that they have, they are so more uh 
powerful and impactful by coming back to these small communities, utilizing their skills in education to really hone into their communities and move them forward. And, and you know, you see that as an example with, with Brian Osorio. And, you know, it was funny because uh, Brian uh, actually participated in an event that we hosted I want to say in April, and it was called Young and Elected. And all the uh, elected officials that we featured in this event were all under the age of 30 Mm -hmm. and were council members and mayors and people of color throughout the region. And so, you know, what, what you're seeing happen in the cities with these proclamations is a result of these young, very progressive folks getting elected and making changes in their communities. So most of my listeners know I'm an old queen and uh, semi-lesbian in that. But I love Holly Near, who was, it was is a major activist from the 70s, and she used to sing all the time, and she would talk about our future is is best when it is in the hands of the young. And I think that that really is, exemplifies this changing dynamic of wanting to care for each other, being inclusive, care for our environment, looking at how we're impacting the world and each other. So, you know, with fresh new voices and new blood, new youth coming in, new movements, new commitments, it's just a fabulous time to be alive right now. Most definitely. But I do want to honor Dolores Huerta because I can tell you this, you know, Planned Parenthood honored Dolores Huerta this year. Um, because, you know, what we see these young elected officials doing is nothing new. Dolores Huerta forever has been a champion of reproductive health, LGBTQ, uh, you know, immigrants. I mean, she recognized centuries ago, years ago, that, you know, everything is interconnected, right? I think if she's In- listening to us right now... And you said she realized centuries ago. She's oh, well, gonna like, girl, I am not that well, old. I mean, she's so she's not that old. She's just that brilliant. Yeah, no, you no, no. I'm, I'm teasing you. <laughs> you know, she is one of our. Tre- she's a treasure. She's like Ruth Bader yes, Ginsburg. Yes. You know, and and I didn't mean old in the sense. I'm just thinking, just smart, intelligent. So, Carl, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just found it funny, and it just caught my funny bone. (laughs) Or she just got it. Yeah, she's going to come down and talk to us now. I know. (laughs) (laughs) She's got my number. But, but you know, so so these young folks, they're, they're taking a page out of her book, you know, recognizing that it's not enough to focus on one thing because it's all interconnected. You, you really have to look at the big picture, right? And and and, and say, you know, like when we're looking at all the TBQ community, right? Uh, you know, this is a very important community to a, a community to us, and it is negatively impacted by a series of issues, whether you know it's mm. health, mental health, dropping out of school because they're not getting the support, and so recognizing that, you know, what this is a. a a large population of our community that is not thriving because they're not getting what they need in all these areas. And it's, you know, and it's the duty of our elected officials to assure that they are taken care of because, you know, you can move forward just with the sec- some sectors of your community. You need to move forward with all of them. Yeah. You know, there's that whole, the, the, there's this whole image out there that, we can't give everybody the exact same thing because there's not enough to go around. And that is such a lie. That is such a misnomer. That is not true at all. 
So, you know, when you lose your privilege, it doesn't take away. It just equalizes the field a little bit. Hey, I want to, you talked about the young po- people that are really coming to power and stuff. I think I want to remind our listeners that like a couple months ago, if it wasn't last month, if it was a month before, we had three of those young leaders. I mean, Jules Hurtado, we had James Martinez, and we had Annalise Perea on the show and talked about it was the young and the out young and motivated uh, show that we did. Really quickly, because we're running down on our time, I want to talk a little bit just quickly and say, you guys put together a lot of stuff for Fresno, and so uh, I'm going to talk about many of the activities that happened here. There was Bowling for Pride, which was one of the largest bowling events ever for uh, the LGBT community. There was the Harvey Milk Day, uh, celebrating the birth of Harvey Milk with honor that. There was the Diva the Drag Diva Drive-In shows and vac shots at Island Water Park that we put on. There was Slay It With Pride, which was an event which was a socially distanced where people could deck themselves out in their most festive pride uh, costumes. There was Moss Pride Out Loud that happened. There was Illuminate Your Pride. There was Love Lives Here Pride, which was a business and home decorating contest. Latinas at uh, Artes Americanas. Uh, there was also the flag raising at Fresno City College with Carol Goldsmith, President Carol Goldsmith. There was the flag raising at Fresno State uh, with the folks that were out there. And then there was the flag raising at Fresno City Hall and the proclamation that happened there. Okay. Not only that, we also did, uh, we had our drive through uh, festival, Pride Festival at Fresno mm-hmm. City College. And we had not planned on the success it was. We closed down and still had people in cars. We couldn't accept any more cars. Like a good hour after the event was supposed to have ended. We got so many people. People from the booths and the vendors were running back home uh, or the office to get more stuff to hand out. So (laughs) tons of pride events that happened here and are going to continue to happen. So this is one of them. I know that uh, Fresno Rainbow Pride has, they want to do a bar crawl, a business bar crawl in the tower to support the businesses that did not get the support from the actual parade being on Olive Street. There is uh, a caravan that we're looking at doing. We have a few things that are coming up. I know that uh, also in June there was... Uh, illuminate your pride, but there also was uh, Real Pride Film Festival did a outdoor show on the back of the ba- old Bank of America in the tower. So many mm-hmm. things that unite us. Um, we, I want to give a shout out again to what's coming up in August. Speaking of uniting us and joining us and resources, let's talk again about the date of this virtual call. Um, what day is it going to be on again? So it's going to be August 18th, and what it is, it's our LGBTQ um, Pride Health and Wellness Equity uh, Panel. It's going to be from 5.30 to 6.30 via Zoom. Uh, we will be making that information and, and uh, RSVP available as we get closer to the event. We'll put it out through our social media. But uh, as I said before, everybody is welcome, uh, you know, to listen in. Uh, people will be able to hear about uh, different resources throughout the Valley uh, for our, our community, as well as be able to hear, you know, the stories of folks uh, who, you know, unfortunately live with the challenges of 
being them true selves and having to have to face, you know, discrimination and violence and harassment and, you know, and lack of resources to help them through uh, through uh, all these issues, you know. Um, so definitely invite everybody, you know, it's a family event. You know, everybody is, is, is an ally. And the more information that our allies have, the better for, for our community. Right. So I know that I'm going to be putting it all over Facebook, liking and sharing it. And I encourage everyone else to do the same. If you can attend, uh, tell a friend, tell people that would be interested. I think that this will be an amazing roundtable uh, an event to help further the cause of uniting and creating a more diverse uh, set of resources and availability for our community. Sakura, I want to thank you for being our guest today on It's a Queer Thing on our 30th, 31st anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. But we, you, you hold a special place now. And we want to thank everyone for tuning in. We have a few minutes more and we're going to go out on a musical break. Thank you, Sakura. Thank you, Jeff. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Mr. Robinson, what is, if I was typing in to find the Facebook page, what would I be typing in? Uh, first of all, it's Jeffrey Robinson, but it's it's a queer thing. Okay. It's a queer thing. Okay. And and uh, Holly Near is here to celebrate your 31 years. Oh, my to God. To sing for us. Thank you. She's my favorite. All right. She'll be coming up. Yeah, I hear her now. <laughs> 